Welcome to the Runners Who Wine podcast. I'm your co-host, Nicole, a certified personal trainer, runner, and self-proclaimed wine connoisseur. And with me is the always amazing Anne-Marie. She's a DVRT master instructor, fellow runner, and wine lover. This podcast is your jam if you're looking for authentic, unfiltered product reviews, information on all things running, and real talk regarding everything that fuels our runs, including a big old glass of wine. So pour yourself a glass and let's get started. Welcome to episode seven of the Runners Who Wine podcast. I am here again with my amazing co-host, Anne-Marie, who is still here visiting me in Austin, Texas. Yes, I am, and I'm still not ever leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Though it's actually pretty cold today. Oh my gosh, yeah. We just went outside, and uh, earlier this week they were predicting 70 degrees and sunny, but they lied. It is like 50 and overcast, and I think that. I know it's not technically freezing, but to me it feels freezing. Well, honestly, um, even after being here for, for like a day, I stepped outside. I was like, oh, it's cold out. Um, still warmer than probably like the 20 degrees and snowing on upstate New York right now, but it, it felt a little bit nippy out. It's a little nippy, a little nippy, but won't be long until it's boiling again here in Austin. I'm just sorry you couldn't experience it while you were here. That's all right. Well, anyway, Anne-Marie, what wine are you drinking during this episode? Well, I'm glad you asked, Nicole. I am back on the Matua. It is a Sauvignon Blanc. It is a favorite of mine, one that we've previously discussed in one of our past episodes. Um, It is very crisp, clean, and slightly citrus. Uh, It probably, for most people, would taste better in like warmer weather, but um, I'm mostly stick to white wines and almost strictly drink (laughs) Sauvignon Blanc. So this is a year round wine for me. What about you, Nicole? I know you have something different today. I do. I have. uh, So this is one of my favorite wines. It's actually, um, we always, we always try to have it stocked. We always had it in Brooklyn, but I haven't been able to find it here in Austin. And just yesterday, Anne-Marie was with me in the grocery store and I saw it and I got so excited in the middle of the grocery (laughs) that they had this wine. Uh, the full name of it, I'm not even sure if I can pronounce properly, but it's Cantina Zacagnini. Um, we call it stick wine because it has this little stick, um, on the label, like, uh, wrapped around the bottle and twine as this little stick. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, it is a, um, there's not really a description, but it's an Italian wine, a red, it just says red dry wine. And it's, it's just delicious. Um, it's we a, always have it. Yeah, it's actually a really interesting looking bottle. Um, the, like the stick she's talking about is probably like two and a half inches long and it's just tied to the top. So I'd probably refer to it as stick wine too. And it almost looks like a, like a old script, like on the actual label. Yeah, it's really snazzy looking, mm-hmm. um, but it's one of my favorites. So I'm really glad that I was able to find it in Austin. I should probably stock up before they run out. You should. That's interesting that you weren't able to find it before. I know. But uh, anyway, today we are talking about strength training, which we've touched upon a little bit in a few different episodes, Um, but it's a key factor when it comes to running. It is just as important as actually running itself when it comes to building up your running and your strength and yada yada. So Anne-Marie, you're kind of a pro, I think, in this field. So give give us the rundown of why strength training is important and some of your favorite kind of ways to get strength training exercises in sure well not to toot my own horn because I am not one of those people that likes to brag but I am what is known as a DVRT master instructor um, meaning that and DVRT stands for dynamic variable resistance training um probably 
I don't even know, for the last like six, seven years, I've been using the system, which is a progressive system. Um, and we use the ultimate sandbag mostly, although that's not totally limited. A lot of, you can also use kettlebells for a lot of this stuff. Um, and also for those of you that don't know, I do own my own strength training studio up in the frozen tundra of Oswego, New York. Um, we have like six week, um, sessions where I have clients that come in usually twice a week and we focus on specific strength training exercises, um, for athletes, specifically runners and triathletes. Um, I mean, there's so much <laughs> I could talk about that it could probably take up, you know, several different episodes. But to be a little bit concise, um, what we really focus on in class is unilateral strength training. We did touch on this in our episode previously um, last time when we were talking about uh, training plans and how to kind of that it can't all be running, um, that strength training is important. Um, but usually uh, we'll do we'll do something that's like upper body focus, lower body focus, um, but it's specific to strength. Um, we might do some sort of metabolic finisher at the end, um, meaning that like it's four minutes of more of a high intensity type like finisher and we use like battle ropes or kettlebells or body weight, whatever. Um, but to, to dive back into the whole idea of strength training, I know that a lot of runners are kind of like, oh, I don't know. I can't do that. And it's like they're just running as in their wheelhouse and that's like strength training seems really intimidating or there's that like, well, I don't want to gain too much muscle and then I won't be able to run fast. Like there's so many misconceptions about strength training. Um, but the important thing I think is um, not only the way that you train being specific, um, but also not trying to like you know, PR your deadlift while you're trying to like PR your marathon at the same time. One goal at a time. Yeah. So, um, what I try to tell people, like specifically my clients that come to me or anybody that really asks, even on when I've written it on my blog before, but like you really have to be goal oriented. Um, you know, doing bicep curls <laughs> isn't really going to get you like obviously being, uh, having a strong upper body is important, but doing bicep curls isn't focusing on the muscles that you're using for training. So we'll do a lot of unilateral work. So what does that mean when you say unilateral? Okay. So unilateral means that you're training one side and then the other. So if I weren't going to break it down a little bit, let's start at the top. If you're going to do upper body exercises, you might be doing like single arm rows and then you'd switch to the other side. Uh, we do a lot of overhead pressing, but sometimes that overhead pressing when we're working unilaterally or single side is we'll press one side and then the other. So maybe you're doing, you know, alternating presses or, um, with the sandbag, we'll do like offset overhead presses mm -hmm. where you're really like only pushing with one side of your, with one arm and the other arms guiding the bag up. And why that's important is to really pinpoint kind of weaknesses yes. in your muscle groups. Um, pretty much everybody is stronger in one side than the other. It's so funny because I don't know, I have i don't think there's been one single client that I've had that I've worked with that hasn't said to me, oh my God, I'm so much weaker on, you know, right side, my left side, whatever it is. And every single time I look at them and I'm like, that's, it's normal because we're not normally training unilaterally. When you think about running, you're only running in one plane of motion. Um, so training unilaterally, maybe, you know, if you're going to do like a lateral lunge to the left to an overhead press, or we'll do a lot of like, um, we call it, uh, 
drop step lunges or otherwise known as reverse lunges to like, you know, an overhead press or to a press out or something like that. But you're getting what you're working one side and then you'll switch to the other. Um, one of my absolute favorite ways or exercises to train, um, that I incorporate in their training programs is known as a sprinter stance. So that's really specific to running. Like mm-hmm. if you think about a sprinter stance, that means that you're, you're, you're standing and your one leg, so say your right toe is lined up with your left heel. And you're about shoulder width apart. And um, there's so many different exercises that you can do with that. But you're, we do a lot of like cleans. So we'll clean the sandbag up, but that's true with other like kettlebells you can do the same thing we'll do overhead presses um we'll do press outs we'll do you can do sprinter stand squats I mean Mm -hmm. kind of the variety is a little bit endless so to speak um but what that's doing because your back heel is up on your right foot if that's the foot that's back you're really only you're really working one side and then we would switch to the other side um but it's all not only is it that you're strengthening that but the what I think is even more important is it it's injury prevention. Yes. So I, I touched upon this last week as well. I just had a minor injury in my mm-hmm. left hip and I realized it was because I was so much weaker in my left side than my right side. Right. And I started incorporating a lot more of these unilateral exercises into my routine. So doing um, single leg bridges, right. doing yep. split squats so that you're doing single leg, single leg squats, um, doing side lunges and all that stuff where you're you're really putting all of that all of your weight into one leg and really working the strength on one leg and then switching sides and doing the other leg but I realized that my balance is much weaker on my left side Mm -hmm. I can't do as many reps on my left side so now that I know that and I'm working on my strength in that my, my hip has gotten so much better in my running right because you you don't realize when you're when you run you're most likely favoring one side over another and you don't know it. It's not like when you land, you're putting all your weight onto one side and, you know, toppling over. You don't feel it when you're running. You're just doing what comes naturally to you. But when you start doing those unilateral movements, you'll notice which side is weaker and which side you may need to work on a little more. And overall that'll strengthen your running as a whole. And the same goes for, you'll you'll notice differences in your speed when Mm -hmm. you're strength training more. I had a year, I think it was, 20 what year was it 2014 I was PRing like every race that I was running because I was so consistent with my strength training I was actually doing CrossFit at the time which a lot of people think doesn't mix well with running but I found a lot of um, benefit with it well I think and I'm not trying to interrupt but like to touch on that you have to a be smart about it Mm -hmm. and you have to find a CrossFit box that where there's a coach that actually is paying attention and caring to what you're doing there's obviously like like there's good and bad doctors there's yep you know, You'll good and bad that. ways to do CrossFit. So as long Absolutely. as you're mindful and careful. That's... And like you were saying, my goal was running. So I wasn't trying to PR my deadlift or, which is part of CrossFit is competition and right. trying to max out. And right. that just, I needed to know that for me, that wasn't your right, goal at the time that I wanted to do the workouts, but I didn't need to be lifting as heavy as possible. But I found a lot of success because I was going to those classes so consistently and strength training three days a week mixed in with my running three days a week, which we talked about last episode, the strength training plan. But my running was so much stronger than ever before because I was doing really well with my strength training and cross training. So I think there's, there's something to say for a a lot of people believe that 
to be a better runner, all you have to do is run. I don't, Oof. I don't believe that. I really think that, um, again, you do you, I'm not a professional by any means, but I really think that strength training is integral to becoming a better runner. Yeah. And I think another misconception people have is that it's going to take up too much time. Um, what I've always recommended to, you know, my clients or anybody that's asked is that you can save time with compound exercises and you can do these unilaterally. Um, there's, I have a variety, a list of them on my website. If you were to search, uh, what says in, how to incorporate strength training into your running routine, I actually have a whole blog post on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go through, I really break it down. Like we talked, I just spoke about sprinter stand squats, another, which is a compound exercise because you're in a certain position and then you're also squatting. Another exercise would be a rotational overhead press. So you're incorporating rotational movements mm-hmm. into your, um, into your routine, um, a lateral lunge, which I spoke about a little bit, split squats, and also step-ups, which is going to help with hill training, and we'll get into that at some other point, so I'm really not going to waste a ton of time on it today as a speaking point, Um, but those are all, you know, multi-planar strength training exercises help to improve your functional strength, and they'll help to improve um, your running performance and also help to prevent injuries. And I think that's a really good point you're saying that it doesn't need to take up a lot of time. I think a lot of people, when they hear strength training, they think going to the gym and doing reps <laughs> and right. sets and sitting there and, and being bored because it's slow. And some people love it. I actually don't mind a nice, slow no, strength sure. training session after I've had you right. know, a day of a hard run. Sure. Um, but you don't. that's not the only way to strength train. There's You can go to the gym and lift weights and use barbells and dumbbells. You can do body weight strength training. You can do sandbag DBRT strength training. You can do CrossFit. Right. You can do kettlebells. There are so many. There, the possibilities are endless, and you can do you can do more hit style strength training sure. if you want a quicker, faster workout. You can do slower and longer if you have the time. Your strength it does by no means does strength training mean going to the gym for an hour and just working on a bench with some dumbbells. No, I don't. I don't think that honestly. Like. Um, I don't think my workouts ever last ever my strength training is like longer than a half an hour. Um, a majority of them are around the 20 to 25 minute range and people are like, but how? And it's I'm just like, working effectively. <laughs> it's work. It's being effective. It's those compound exercises. Um, that's not to say in a lot of these exercises that I'm referring to will help to strengthen your core because you are, um, you're using, you know, muscles from head to toe and all of them. But you can't neglect working on your core either. Um, so sometimes like I'll, all of my warmups include a very like functional, like core type warmup, activating the core, activating the glutes. Um, you know, the core is essential to, it's like your house. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's where all of your strength comes from. If you have a really weak core, you're not going to be able to like stand up straight. You're not going to be able to keep that running form. Um, you know, your arm swing might be like really, um, off, off. <laughs> yeah. There's so I was trying to think of a word. Yeah. But it might be just like really exaggerated. Um, so there's just core strength is integral, but you can incorporate it in your actual routine or you can also like do like a 10 minute type warm up um, with just core mm-hmm. workouts. And something really important, I think, to remember as you're working on strength training, no matter what muscle you're working, making sure that you're actually engaging the muscle. Yeah. It is so easy to go through the motions of a squat, for example, and just be, you know, going down and popping back up and using your 
quads instead of your glutes. Yes. Um, it's so, so, so easy to use the wrong muscles and therefore you think you're working a certain muscle group and you're not. So making sure in this, in a squat, for example, if you go down, when you pop back up, making sure you're like squeezing your butt and, and always keep your core engaged no matter what mm-hmm. workout you're doing. And when I say keep your core engaged, I mean kind of keeping your, almost sucking your belly button in toward your spine, but not holding your breath. Right. Just breathing keeping, is super important. Yeah. Breathing is so, so, so important. If you're holding your breath when you're strength training, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, go ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead. Um, so I just think that making sure that whatever muscle group you're supposed to be working, that's what you're engaging. Um, and keeping that core engaged is, will not only help your balance and your running, but in general will just make you a stronger human being. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there was something else I was going to say, and obviously I totally forgot because the wine's getting to my head. Um, but you know, I'll, another really important part is like you, you talk about like going, like I said, it doesn't have to be like a long workout, but like, so don't feel like you're not doing anything with those 20 minutes. You are, or like that half an hour, like you really are getting something in. Um, but don't be afraid just because you did like a 30 minute workout to rest the next day. Cause those muscles need the time to, rejuvenate and to grow um it's when you're rusting is when you're actually like they're building up and you're getting somewhere so for me incorporating strength training is relatively easy because i do i do three runs a week and so therefore i have more days to do strength training right but if you are someone that runs five or six days a week how how do you incorporate strength training into your plan um i know a lot of runners that they'll incorporate it on their shorter runs. So if you're running five or six days a week, you shouldn't be doing long runs every single day, clearly. So you have a shorter run. So say you have a a, a day of the week where you're doing a three-mile run. Mm-hmm. You get back from your three-mile run, you do 10 minutes of strength training. And you do that on all, every short day. And then you're getting in your strength training, you're getting in your runs, and you're still having an effective workout. I mean, honestly, some of my favorite, especially if I'm not like in a specific training mode, Um, but like if, even if I am, like if it's a shorter, like you said, run that I have to do, or if I can break it up, like some of my favorite workouts are the days that I do like strength training and running. So like I might do like bursts of speed Mm -hmm. and then incorporate some strength training exercise in between. Like if I'm on my treadmill at home, I have my sandbag like next to the treadmill, I might do like you know, 800 meter repeats or something like that. And then get off, you know, after I run like a mile or two, get off, do like a series of strength training, you know, exercises that are specific to like making sure you're working one side and then the other, and then hopping back on and doing like, Mm -hmm. you know, repeats and then like repeating that whatever, like three, four times. It's a really good thing to bring up. There are actually so many studio classes now that do that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Orange Theory, Barry's Boot Camp, mm-hmm. um, even like Mile High Run Club if you're in New York City. I still want to go. It's, oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> I, I hope they expand sometime soon. But those are a lot of where they mix running with strength training and they're really, they're not only are they fun, but they're a seriously good workout. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and you can get in, um, depending on how fast you're going. I've done Orange Theory classes where I'm running two and a half or three miles in a class sure. and I'm still doing strength training. It's it's a very effective way to yeah. get in a strength training and running and get in a good workout. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've unfortunately, and it, probably a lot of you that are listening don't live in a bigger city where you have access to Mile High Run Club or um, Orange Theory Fitness um, and not, again, to like 
shameless plug, but like if you go on my website, I do have a lot of those type of workouts where you can actually, um, she find, does. They're yeah. awesome. You can, you can find like a treadmill and, or like running based workouts that are, um, incorporate those unilateral exercises that I spoke about earlier. Yeah. And also never underestimate the power of a good YouTube search. That's true. Yeah. There are so many great, um, I think we mentioned this in the last episode, go on YouTube, search strength training for runners, yoga for runners, um, kettlebell workouts for runners you'll find so many good exercises the same with pinterest and of course Anne marie's blog is a is a phenomenal resource i have a few workouts on my blog but Anne marie is really queen when it comes to that sort of thing yeah i gotta get back to making content eventually <laughs> i have a lot more i can share but there there is i actually have a um there's a bunch of workouts that are all grouped together that says like run dvrt but it's a bunch of like spe- running specific strength training workouts um and then if you're stuck at home i also have what uh, is marketed more or less as like a busy uh parent strength training type um ebook pro- program and there's like if you're interested in getting into the whole sandbag thing you can i demonstrate each of the exercises and there's video links to all of them um they're not as unilaterally based but they're still like strength training exercises so you could always start there and then work your way up towards the single single leg or single side stuff yeah yeah so moral of the story strength training it's important (laughs) do it do it (laughs) (laughs) find a way to incorporate it into your workout somehow um as always you can reach out to us with questions runners who whine at gmail.com and we'll share a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about in today's episode in the show notes and on our blogs when we talk about this episode so be sure to check that out And we will be back in two weeks with another great episode. See you then. Be sure to check out the show notes for everything we chatted about today. And for more from me, Nicole, check out fitfulfocus.com and from Anne-Marie at thefitfoodiemama.com. And for any questions, you can email us at runnerswhowine, that's wine like the beverage, at gmail.com.